0: This episode of the Boss Builder Podcast is brought to you by Boss Builder Academy. Attention, CEOs, company owners, and HR professionals. Are you disappointed by your manager's inability to get things done? Are you finding that your managers lack technical and interpersonal skills? Are you frustrated by your manager's inability to manage employee performance? Fortunately, we can help. Our Boss Builder Academy provides turnkey training and development solutions to better prepare the boss, to fix systems and processes and develop their team. We'd love an opportunity to partner with you. Contact us today at thebossbuilders.com or by phone at 931-221-2988.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, where we talk to great bosses and those who build great bosses about what it takes to be a great boss. And now, here is your host, the founder and CEO of Boss Builders, Mac Munro.
0: Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. You know, as the boss, you probably realize how stressful the job is, how it seems like you're under pressure to get things done. Well, our guest today is going to give us some strategies on how do we relax a little bit? How do we become more aware and more mindful? How do we bring the very best of who we are into our role as the boss. Our guest today is Lauren Smith. She is the author of Mind Love and what Lauren's going to do is talk to us about some ways that we can be more self-aware, ways that we can actually use journaling to help us, and finally some strategies and good questions that you can ask yourself as the boss to be more effective as a manager, more effective in dealing with people. At the end she'll give you some contact information on how to reach her and how to buy her book. So, with no further delay, let's meet our special guest, Lauren Smith. Lauren Smith, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Mac, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, this is great, Lauren. I've known you for a while now and I've kind of watched you progress through a whole bunch of different ideas and ventures. And so, I want to talk to you today about your book. But before we get there, I was wondering if you might just share a little bit about your background and kind of where you've come from and what you're working on today.
1: Yeah, you really have known me, I think, in every stage of my entrepreneurial journey because I actually started with interning for you when I was in college and helped you um, design a website. So that I think websites were kind of my my first Course in digital marketing. Um, But when I was in college, I had that idea of I'm going to start a business. And my mom was managing campgrounds at the time. So she had a large network. And I just knew I already had a network to kind of fall into. So I started Socially Tangled LLC, which was a digital marketing agency. And I really specialized in social media management. I thought I had it all figured out when I graduated college and uprooted to Florida for the heck of it. Um, And then I I learned quickly that I was missing a big part of my business, and that was pricing. I I did not price my services high enough, and that really led me to ending up broke and needing a full-time 9-to-5 job to fall back on. I then was hired on as a social media specialist on behalf of Ford Motor Company. I ran their Ford service Twitter handle. So if anyone had any problem with their car, I was the person tweeting it, filling out their customer service response, getting it escalated, and I hated my job. Um, I really did. I, I was on that hamster wheel and I, I was on autopilot. There was no growth at that company I didn't see myself going anywhere. I talked, you know, when I got hired, there's all this promise of promotion. And then you get in, you start talking to people who have been working there for 13 years and have never advanced. And and they're so intelligent. And you're just like, well, why? You know, why hasn't this happened? Um, so then there was all those downsides. So about nine months in, I couldn't take it anymore. I was mentally just hating life and and every aspect of it. I was completely just drowned out. Um, and I told myself, I'm, I'm going to make this entrepreneurial journey work. And that's when I really lasered focus on what I knew. And that was social media management. So within, I guess, about six months of leaving my job at Ford and going full time, for my second time um, was Socially Tangled. <clears throat> I had staff under me. We had so many clients. I didn't even know what to do with it. And um, from there, I, I've done social media management for seven years. And then this past, probably last October, I felt myself getting in that rut again of just, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? And um, Social media wasn't really fueling my, my passion. I felt like I had to give more and do more than just, you know, creating content for businesses every day. So that's when I also really started branching out and doing more courses and workshops and teaching people digital marketing practices and how to grow their brand online. Um, and. So yeah, I guess that's where I am today. I'm, I'm teaching entrepreneurs how to grow a business online and also still love their life. Because if you're not happy with your life, you're definitely not going to be happy with your business, no matter what you're doing.
0: Well, that's true. Well, I've kind of followed you on Instagram, and I, I think I followed you. You went to Bali, and I don't know, you were doing some yoga thing or something over there. So it sounds like you have tried a lot of different things and it's kind of all led you to what you're doing today. And that, I guess, leads us to your new book that you've just written, and it's called Mind Love, Bite-Sized Thought Nuggets to Fuel Your Life. And when I saw this was coming out, I thought I have no idea what mind love is. So maybe you could share what exactly is mind love and what led you to write this book?
1: Sure. So I consider mind love a daily habit. So you think about it, the world has always conditioned us to see darkness instead of light. You turn on the five o'clock news and you're going to have 10 bad stories for every one good story. So the thought of mind love is to really reframe your mindset because if you think free, you are free. So personally, um, that same year that I, actually the year after I quit Ford um, and business was kind of at its height, I, I don't know why, but like everything about me was like, I'm going to fail. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not enough for this. And really, I just, I I wasn't hyping myself up. I didn't think I was good enough for the success that I was bridging upon. Um, And so when I started writing little affirmations, which is kind of what Mind love is, I call them bite-sized thought nuggets, I told myself, you know, there's no room for negativity, doubt, and fear in my life. And I had to start bringing myself back up and feeding myself more love in order to shift my life and and kind of overcome those mindset battles that we all struggle with. Uh, What led me to writing this book? Well, I didn't ever really anticipate this becoming a book. It's really a collection of my writings from over the years. Um, being a digital marketing professional, I I didn't even see how this would fit into my scope of work. But one day I decided that I just really wanted to release something positive into the world. And I thought that even if one person could connect or resonate with one of these thought nuggets, that'd be a huge win for me. So at the time, I really didn't have any other purpose for the book other than the world needs more good um, and And I just, I never imagined the response that has been getting. It's been overwhelming and it's resonating with a lot of people.
0: Well, I think it's necessary. I mean, you mentioned what the average human being goes through. There's negativity everywhere you turn. The people that listen to our podcast are supervisors who've been recently promoted. There's people who are in the role that don't know what they're doing. I've got folks that are in the HR community that are overwhelmed and stressed And so this is why I wanted to have you on the show. I I know that there's some things that you can share that can help them get through the day. If you're mentally and emotionally not right, it has a large impact, especially when you're the boss. So one of the things that you talk about is reframing a mindset. How could somebody reframe their mindset?
1: So I I think like most changes within your life it's going to be gradual like you don't go to the gym and automatically get a six pack um it's something that you have to work on every single day so we know that words have the power to to change our perception of reality so i think that reframing your mindset is kind of a three-pronged approach so first like anything you kind of have to identify the challenge so what is it we're trying to change and what do we want to obtain So for instance, I've worked with this client, we'll call her Sally, who has a 9 to 5, but she also has a side hustle business. And she kept saying to me, I could never quit my job and go full time with my business. Well, she knows what she wants to do in her business. She knows how she wants to control her life, but it's her own self-limiting belief that she can't do it. So we see the challenge and we note the challenge. That's step number one. Then the second step would you have to reframe the negative into a positive. So in psychology, it's actually called a cognitive reframe. So that's when you voluntarily take a limiting or destructive belief or a thought pattern and you look at it in a different lens or a different light or a different angle. So Sally, who can't quit her job, her reason was because she's afraid to fail. Okay, well, why why would you fail, Sally? And she would say, because I'm a perfectionist, and I, it would have re, it would be really hard for me to let go of control. So Sally is actually viewing her perfectionist as a weakness instead of a strength. But if we could turn her perfectionism into a good thing, she could say, "I'm a perfectionist, and it's because of my attention to detail that I often spot problems before they start." So she really has to change that mindset of how she's seeing her perceived weaknesses as strengths. And I think that sometimes owning our truth and our faults sometimes feels like a vulnerable thing. But if we can't be transparent with ourselves, who are we going to be honest with? And the third thing I think that we need to, to think about is the steps that we need to take to overcome the initial challenge. So instead of Sally immediately saying, I can't leave my nine-to-five job for the side hustle. She should ask herself, how can I leave my nine-to-five job for my side hustle? hustle? So this reframes your brain into thinking more of a brainstorming mode, and it pushes doubt aside. So by asking yourself a question, you're already opening yourself up for answers. So mindset is something that you really have to focus on daily in order to strengthen it. But by doing those three little things of acknowledging the challenge, reframing it, and then kind of brainstorming ideas of how you can tackle it, it makes it once, you know, what may feel as a big task and you can break it down into something small and very manageable.
0: Well, I can see how a person could absolutely circle the drain with negativity saying, especially in the groups that I work with, I don't have the power to do that. I'm helpless. I'm hopeless. Best case scenario is I just survived the day. But a little bit of kind of reframing the thought process sounds like it's a starting point to get you out of the hole.
1: Right. And then from there, it's, you know, it's progression from there. So it's, it may not feel like you're doing a lot, but you are. And there's been numerous studies that have been done that after, you know, a month of thinking, writing down three things that you're grateful for every single day, it actually has the power to physically change your brain. So just imagine imagine what it can do by just writing down and really focusing, laser focusing on whatever problem it is and reshaping your brain of how you're perceiving it. And it could be someone you work with too. Um, maybe it's a coworker that you don't like very much. So you could, you know, kind of reshaping train your brain into thinking positive things about them by pointing out things that you like about them or things that they're good at or you admire about them. It works the same way.
0: Well, I love this. I, I know I'm going to have folks that listen and they say, you know what, I don't have time for all that nonsense. Uh, I don't do mindfulness. I don't do that. So what is your response to someone that think this is just kind of a touchy feely thing? Obviously it has helped you immensely and you are a business professional. How could somebody respond to that? So
1: it, I'm not taking time out of my day to do this. Um, you know, I'm not taking an hour, two hours, three hours. I sit with my coffee every morning and take five minutes. So if someone has, oh, I don't have five minutes to do that, I'm going to call BS on it because you can definitely, you definitely have five minutes. And even if you're not a person who, who writes and um, maybe you're, you're more of a visual person what, you see posters all the time, like Nike, you can do it. Maybe it's something that you just need to remind yourself and you see it every single day at your desk. Um, maybe it's just slow down. If you work really fast and you just know you need to slow down and kind of be mindful throughout the day, write yourself a note so you visually see it every day. For me, um, I like to journal. So, you know, it's not something that I've practiced a long time. Of when I was smaller, I you know use my journal journal more like a diary, I guess. But as I've gotten older, you can find things from, you know, uh, random ideas. I do to do lists, so I I know Mac, you're not a to do list person, um, but I have like to do lists and mantras that I need to focus on for the day. I write down my blessings. I write down goals. So for me, when I write things down, it's almost like. It, it becomes my thoughts. I'm writing down my thoughts and it, it becomes solid. Um, and when I started incorporating, writing my mind love nuggets, I focused on five per day. And those were five things I needed to embody for the day. And it could be something just writing, I am worthy five times a day, or it's going to be a great day five times a day, just to make yourself believe it. And other times it was just reminding myself to trust the process of this crazy entrepreneurial journey. And then there's times that, you know, I kind of went deep. I was having a bad day. I was struggling hard, you know, that week where I was just in the moment. Um, But overall, it's really helped me become more self aware, aware of my thoughts and the patterns within my thoughts. And in turn, I think it's helped me become. Um, able to respond to stressful situations with more calmness because I'm thinking before I'm I'm responding. Um, it's helped me focus on big goals and believing that I can accomplish them. And it's helped me that, to remember that when I fail, I have the choice to get back up and try again. So I think that overall it's kind of helped me reconnect with my purpose. Um, so I know that I've grown more self-aware just by Bringing more positivity into my mind, and I think that self awareness really is a root of a strong character, which in turn is a cha- is a root for a strong boss and a great boss.
0: Okay, well, if you're listening to this, you heard it. It's a recipe to make you a stronger boss. So get over the touchy feely stuff. Yes,
1: it doesn't have to be touchy feely no, but- either. You know, it, it can really just be something that you need to work on, and it can be something as as much as you know, I'm not going to roll my eyes in a meeting, you know, and that's just it's being more mindful to the people around you.
0: Yeah, I use that term because I get that a lot. Some of my audience are very technical people. I've got engineers, I've got software developers. And so, you know, they tend to dismiss most anything that does not have some sort of a math function to it, or a science function. And so I love the fact that you can talk about this stuff in a way that shows that there's a complexity to it. And and I think it's going to take a lot more work to sit and do this kind of reflection than it would be to try to figure this thing out intellectually. So this is great. I really hope that people take this stuff seriously. Now on that note, Lauren, uh, what are five questions that a boss could ask themselves to kind of figure out if they're doing this healthy mindset thing right now?
1: So I think a great question, and I'm just going to start with one that I'm I'm thinking about a, a bad boss that I've had in my mind and she was a micromanager. <laughs> so I think for someone, um, a, a great first question would be, am I being obsessive with monitoring every move of the process? Um, so if, if that answer is yes, that's probably a key indicator that you're a micromanager too. And of course, when you're micromanaging, that undermines the efforts of others. Um, so if you find yourself doing that, a good mantra that you could practice daily would be, today, I um, I will embrace the vision and trust the process. So you have to, one, trust the team that you've put in places. You have to also trust yourself because you've hired that team, and you have to trust that you've hired the right people who are going to get the job done. So I think that's like one great question, um, was just be, am I being obsessive with monitoring every move um, of the process? The second one would be, am I being a perfectionist? Because the thing about you have to remember about being perfect, is what my idea of perfect is or my definition may be completely different than yours. So one of my mind love nuggets for the perfectionist actually is, today I will honor myself by choosing purpose over perfect. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. But if we choose our purpose first and always put that above everything else, perfectionism tends to slide back a little bit. The third one would be all about expectations. So as you know, it's really hard sometimes to not expect things of people because I think we're almost wired for expectations. But expectations typically lead to disappointment. So a good question would be, am I expecting more than I'm giving? Because if you invest your expectations upon other people, you um, you should actually invest them and put them upon yourself first. So if you have an expectation, you have to express it. And you have to, if you struggle with being more, um, I guess, assertive, then a great mantra would be, um, today I will stop silently expecting and start vocally expressing. Because if you're not expressing your expectations, no one knows them and they're going to continuously let you down because they can't read your mind either. Uh, The fourth question I would ask is, Am I saying more than I'm doing? So if you find yourself failing to deliver on promises or saying something that will, will change and it doesn't, then it's pretty clear as a boss, you're probably lacking action for whatever reason. So a great journaling practice would be to write five achievable five achievable things that you wanna focus on for your day and then follow through with action. Um, a follow-up mantra could be something like, Today, I will prioritize the needs of my team and take action. And lastly, if you just find yourself in a bad mood, because we all have those days, running late, the car won't start. Um, Me today couldn't find one of my kids' shoes, and it just kind of threw my whole day off. It's important that you just can't push your bad mood onto your employees or teammates or the people around you. Because in instances like that, we can acknowledge that we're having a bad day but then we have to take action and kind of push ourselves into the good mood. So for me, I there's I know there are things that will put me in a good mood no matter what, like putting on my favorite playlist um, or eating a, a Reese's cup. Like I I love those. Your favorite candy bar, or just walking outside for ten minutes. Um, or you know I sometimes ask my kids to just you know do something silly to make me laugh. So. By doing something that you know will put you in a good mood, you're not going to stay in your bad mood all day long. Um, And you kind of have to recognize, was it a bad moment or is it really a bad day? Most of the time you were just having a bad moment and you kind of have to reset your mind and say, okay, from this point forward, we're restarting. I'm going to have a good day And, and live the rest of your day as if it was a good day.
0: Oh, that's powerful. Each one of those questions, really, I I have seen that in the people that I work with that I help. And most of it is a sense of, I don't feel like I'm competent enough for this job, so I have to control everything. Am I doing well enough? i am insecure, And so every response to those questions is a perfect opportunity for somebody to start growing. And and I think that's great. I'm really glad you were able to share that.
1: Wonderful. Yeah. You know, if if you're not growing, then then you're kind of stagnant. And I think that once you're in that stagnant zone, that's when you start living on autopilot and you start having those those fears, they kind of start building up.
0: Well, you know, I want to take just a couple minutes in, and I want to just highlight a couple of your pages in your book. So um, I'm going to encourage everybody to go buy this book, but the beauty of it, if you're an old geezer like me, it's really big, huge, huge font. So I don't need to put my <laughs> glasses on. Yes, it's, it's great. Reminds me of when I had a paper I had to do that was, you know, like a two-page paper. I would just, you know, jack the yes. font up real big and <laughs> pull the margins in. But this is great. This is really well written. So if, if you don't mind, because I know what I'm doing is I'm starting to probe a little bit into some of your moments when you were reflecting. So um, if any of these is too personal, then just say, Mac, let's go on to the next one. But here's one that stood out to me. And I'm not even quite sure what to make of it, which is why I thought I would ask you. It says here, this is on page 13. My voice is my power. My voice is my answer. Okay. So what does that exactly? Okay. Mean?
1: So this actually came back to me. Um, I was I was writing for social media. And part of really growing your brand on social media, if you look at all of these influencers who are out there um, and really look at their tactic, they are being transparent And authentic. So authentic is probably their number one thing that they're being. They they are being genuinely themselves. So to me, I know that my voice and the message that I share with the world has a lot of power. And I have to live that voice and and um, express my voice. So that's you know that's my anthem as well. I have to I have to live who I want to be, and also preach it as preach and teach. I think.
0: It's kind of like if you were. Uh, it's kind of like your theme song, I guess. Yeah. If you walk into the ring, this is, your voice would be playing, exactly. right? All right. Here's another one. This is on page 17. It says the word "no" has as much power as the word "yes." Oh yeah. So tell okay, me a little bit about so that. So
1: I have been a yes person for mostly all of my life. Um, I think I'm a recovering yes person because I I'm I'm still trying to conquer this to this day of. Just because I am capable of doing something does not mean that I should do something, whether that is a project, a website project. I don't really take on website projects anymore, but I had a really hard time telling people no, because they knew that I could do websites and I would say yes. And then it would stress me out. And I would just Get on myself. I'm like, I knew I shouldn't have done it. I knew this would stress me out, but I said yes. So even though I was able to say no, when I started to say no to people, actually, um, I I thought I was letting them down, but really I wasn't letting them down. I was empowering myself by saying no because I felt better by not taking those projects, and I could direct them to someone that I knew was taking those projects. So I was helping someone else out. And I knew that I, was, I wasn't I was accepting a project just because I could take it. I want to take projects that I really feel passionate about. So I think that sometimes when you reclaim your no and stop being a yes person, it's a lot more powerful. Um, it's, it's a
0: self-power. That's great. Well, I know the people listening to this are used to having to say yes to almost everything. And so I love the idea that you, you can do that and it's healthy to do that. Absolutely. Well, one more that I want to talk about then is, is this one it's on page 30 and it says, and maybe it kind of follows the last one. I give myself permission to slow down. I can do anything, but not everything.
1: Yes. Well, I wear a lot of hats. So, um, last year I was a little crazy and I volunteered over 1200 hours for my daughter's school which after I did the math I realized that that was 30 40 hour work weeks that I volunteered and there's only 35 hour week or 35 uh, school weeks in the year so I was I was completely burnt out and Um, I realize, you know, I, I can do all of this. I can run a business, be a mom, volunteer and be with my kids. And just because I can do it doesn't mean that I should do it. Um, so by it does, it kind of reverts back to saying no, but just because you can do it doesn't, doesn't always mean that you should do it or it should have your energy because giving too much of your energy can also deplete you.
0: Well, Lauren, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today before we go, how can my audience get a hold of you and how can they buy your Great. book? So
1: everything is on my website at laurensmithbiz.com. The book is also on Amazon. Um, and then I'm I'm on social media a lot too. So you can find me on my Instagram. I have two. I have my personal page, which is at Lauren Untangled. And then my podcast page is at MindBizLife. So there's um, different channels depending on on what you're looking for.
0: Yeah. And I want to recommend too you check out Lauren's podcast. I listened to a couple episodes on it, one the other day, and she interviewed one of her, I don't know if you call it a spiritual mentor. Is that lady from the UK? And what an awesome conversation. So if you enjoyed this episode with Lauren, I want to recommend you go check out her podcast because you're going to find a lot more of what we talked about today on that podcast.
1: Absolutely, Thank you, Mac.
0: All right. Well, thank you again, Lauren, for taking the time to be on the show. And we look forward to having you back. Well, thanks again to our special guest, Lauren Smith. If you want to reach out to Lauren, you have her contact information and I highly recommend her book, Mind Love. Well, until the next time we meet, please get out there and be the best boss you can. We like to say at the end of our podcast, boss up and boss on. And what that means is you need to step up your game and get out there and do a great job. Thanks again for tuning in. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. Goodbye.
1: You've been listening to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast with Mac Monroe. To get more information on being a great boss, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or at Mac's blog, macmonroe.com. Until next time, get out there and be a great boss.